Welcome to the Talk with Clouds podcast. Your host is Katie Ann, an island girl on a journey with her guests to learn about their backgrounds, businesses, passions, experiences, life lessons, and wins. Come and laugh, cheer, learn, and plan with us. My friend, take some time to come and talk with Clouds. Thank you for joining Talk with Clads. I am Katie Ann. I will be your host for today. I have a special guest with me. Um, her name is Tanika Reed Wollaston. Tanika is from the island of Jamaica. She is a proud alumni of Merle Grove High School. She also went to Florida State College and also St. Thomas University. She has two children, Braxton and Zamaya, newly married to Timothy and has been practicing law for 10 years. Her law firm is called Law Offices of Tanika C. Reed. And now she has a new venture that she's going into, and it is called Peeps. So, Tanika, welcome, welcome, welcome to Talk with Clads, a.k.a. I am her big sister. So I am so proud to have her as my first guest. So, Tanika, tell us a little bit about yourself and also introduce Peeps. Hello, 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 everyone. As she said, I am Tanika Reed Williston, her younger sister, and I'm very much excited to be here on this podcast, Talk with Clads, um, where I get to just chat with my big sister and, of course, talk about my business. Um, my, as she said, I'm an attorney, and my current firm is the law office of Tanika C. Reed PA, but I'm expanding. So I decided to do a little bit of rebranding. So my new firm is Peep Law Group. Oh, so what does the Peep stand for? So it's P-E-E-P. So that's Property Damage Claims and Litigation, Estate Planning, Elder Law, as well as Probate. Oh, very good. So for anyone who is venturing into that area or has any issues, where can they find you? Well, they can find me at peeplawgroup.com or call me at 866-441-LAW. Oh, so black, beautiful, and smart. So, you know, it runs in the family. Yes, yes, it does. So was this, you know, um, venturing because you have worked for other law firms before. And I remember you having that conversation that God has called you to go on your own. So I'm going to say because CLADS is all about planning and, and what the life lessons are. Was this something that you planned and how did you decide to go on your own um, as a sole attorney? Well, it definitely took a little while. Um, you know, I, I was quite timid in the very beginning because it, it is scary. At the time, I was a single mother of my daughter, Zamaya. So the idea of going out on my own, with no safety net, right? And as much as we're Florida is an at-will state where they can fire you at any time, I did see my paycheck as a safety net, right? With the false idea that if I continue to do well, I'll at least have this job unless I mess it up somehow. 
but it wasn't working for me for multiple reasons. And I felt this yearning to go on my own. And as I shared with you before, things that used to come easy to me started becoming harder. You know, emotions that I would argue with eloquence, with ease, it was getting a little bit more challenging to, to, to put up the same arguments or do it with the same level of ease as I had done before. So I just figured I could feel the wind shifting in a different direction and me being called to go out on my own. So eventually, after tears, prayer, fasting, and everything in between, I decided to, you know, throw myself out there just to see what I could do. So what's one thing you wish you know when you were beginning that journey um, of start, starting your own law firm? Um, what was one thing you wish you know before you started? You know, it's not even a matter of, of wishing something, you know, that I wish I knew before I started. It's just trusting the process. I wish I had more confidence. So it's one thing to know it in your head. It's another thing to feel it and act. I think I gave myself a little bit more anxiety than was necessary. Um, so I just wish I was more confident in the fact that the resources would be there. Yeah. Because even when I was cutting it close, and I remember one, one month, I definitely, for me, put God to the test. You know, I looked at my bank account and, you know, it's one of those things where your money is kind of funny. So you only look with like half an eye. Right. right? And then you just, you just move on. So I looked at my bank account and the numbers, they were either exact or they were a little bit short. So I didn't go again. I didn't look again because I didn't want to feel discouraged. Yeah. But I remember I didn't tell anybody that month. I remember that very well because yep. I was very upset that you, you know? wouldn't want to come to me <laughs> when you needed help. But again, it's just, that was me trying to trust the process. Because if God really did call me to step out here, then he couldn't leave me short. Something had to come in. Right. And if I kept running to my safety net, then I really wouldn't know what I could do. Ultimately, of course, if I'm in trouble, if I'm sinking, I'm not going to allow myself to drown. But I at least had to try to tread water on my own. Oh. And that was my month to do it. OK. All right. I get it from the big sister's point of view. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about peeps. What does estate planning entail? Well, as you know, I've always been the frugal one. I've always been the one who, um, you know, I can see my money from the beginning to the end. Um, you can trust me with a dollar, right? That is you true. Give me a dollar from, month, from the very beginning of the week. We'll have our little leftover money or our allowance or, you know, whatever you call it. And I would have a desire on Friday to buy something. Because, you know, growing up in the island on Friday, of course, that's eat out day, right? That is eat out day. What, whatever it is you're buying, your candy, your bag, just whatever it is at the end of the week. So I've always had this desire to, you know, plan out my money. So I figured, okay, with my education in law, personal injury wasn't my favorite. Um, you know, being a, an in-house counsel, transactional, well, in-house counsel, excuse me, wasn't my favorite. So I just kind of had to figure out what meshed well with me, what spoke to me and what spoke to my personality and estate planning speaks very well to my personality. It allows me to give people guidance, um, within the law that says, okay, if you have X number of dollars, how do you want to pass on this generational wealth? Mm -hmm. How do you want to build for your family? So I, I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to, to offer people different mechanisms to, spread the wealth to 
one generation, two generation, three generations behind. Right. And especially for being a minority, one things that one thing that we don't see in our, our communities is estate planning. Typically when someone passes on, we're all passing a collection to get that person buried. So how does estate planning play a part into that? So estate planning, what people need to understand is it, it, it's very powerful. Typically we run from it, you know, the moment anybody mentions it, people get scared and think, oh my God, I'm going to die. Well, the truth of the matter is we are all going to die. It right. is appointed unto man wants to die, right? Yep. They say that so, is the final stage of, of growing. There you go. So it's going to happen one way or the other. What estate planning does is from the grave, it gives you the control to direct where your money goes. And it also gives your, your family members whom you leave behind peace of mind mm -hmm. because you know, nobody wants to get it wrong. Right. And with estate planning and with planning out your whole final arrangements, you get to dictate how things you want things to go. And you do it at a stage when you're incapacitated. I'm sorry. You, you plan for the stage when you're incapacitated and you plan for the stage when you are no longer here. Yes. So with estate planning, you can, you get to decide, okay, if I can no longer make sound decisions for myself, who do I trust my healthcare to? Right. So you get to dictate who you want as your healthcare surrogate. You get to dictate who you want watching over your young children. You get to dictate if you want any life-saving methods used on you. Do you want a prolonged life or do you want to pass um, without any intervention or with little intervention? And then, of course, you get to dictate, OK, this is where I want my money to go. And it helps sometimes because, you know, especially for, from, for parents with children who are just turning 18, 19, mm -hmm. 20, 21, you don't want to say, okay, I've, I've set aside a, a $500,000 life insurance policy. Let me give it to a 21 year old. True. They don't understand the value of money for the most part. Yes. And they might just blow it. So you might want to be able to say, okay, you know, I'll give my daughter or son this percentage now, when they reach 25, I'll give it to them. Then when I they reach 35, I'll give it to them then, you know, so you get to dictate a number of things once you plan your affairs. Well, okay. So another area that you practice is also homeowners insurance. So tell us a little bit about that. That, that gives me, that's my fighting spirit. That's my, um, my aggressive litigation side. Um, I really like it. I fell in love with defense work. I used to defend a ton of insurance companies, the biggest one in Florida. Um, and you know, I learned all the inside tips and tricks and that empowered me to go out on my own because I did see the need where sometimes homeowners, their claims were not properly adjusted. Mm -hmm. Right. So having been on the inside part on the, the defense part, I'm able to offer that knowledge to my clients and I'm able to communicate, I think, with adjusters to say, hey, maybe you should look at this claim this way versus that way. You know, it, I'm not just in it to I'm not looking for my white whale off of any one claim. Right. I really am trying to help my clients get the money they deserve to make repairs to their property. Mm -hmm. So how does someone start preparing for you know, sometimes it's not something, most times it's, it's never planned. Right. So how does someone start preparing 
for a claim that sometimes you know it just happens most times it just happens i should well, say i hope it's never planned because otherwise it's fraud <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you might be going to jail <laughs> so it better be an accident at some point in time right um, even if it's your own negligence you know it better be an accident in that sense um how do you plan well really and truly you, there is a need for education Right. And in our own community, there, there are tons of homeowners of color, right, or black community who don't know what they can do when they have a claim. So one, the first thing I would say is get familiar with your policy. Know what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we often get insurance because we're required to. We buy a house, we have a mortgage, we have to carry it. Yep. And that is true. But you want to be familiar with your policy. And really, your um, insurance broker should give you some education on your policy and really should explain to you the things that are in your policy. That doesn't happen. All right. I would say, how many times does that happen? Very few and far between. But that really is where it should all begin. Okay. That being said, once you get the policy, pop it open. You know, it's kind of hard to understand. You know, even as an attorney, it really is a challenging document to understand. But at least try to understand what it is and know that your insurance company, it covers almost everything, in all honesty. And it really is one of those documents where if you're negligent, that's the point. That's why you have insurance. It covers your own negligence. Case in point, if I'm a smoker, I'm smoking a cigarette. I fall asleep on the couch. I burn my whole house down. That was an accident. It was silly. It was foolish, but it's an accident and that should be covered. Okay. All right. So any other areas um, that you would like to discuss today about? Probate. So I, I, I love, 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 love some probate. And, you know, probate is pretty much as uh, someone has passed away, your loved one has passed away, and you're now coming to the court to essentially marshal those assets and pass them from that owner who has now died to the heirs at law or the beneficiaries. So there's the probate administration where it literally is just moving title or, or moving ownership of property from one person to another, um, where you seek the court's help. And there's also probate litigation where now people are fighting over what assets they should get or disputing will, disputing trust. Right. Yeah. So when you started your journey, right, or has, you know, you've been doing this for 10 years, really. Um, what have been, what's one thing that has been your biggest life lesson, um, regarding your profession so far? Biggest life lesson. Oh Lord. Um, I guess different season, you know, calls for different things, but there's still growth. There's still room for growth in our own industry. Right. Um, there's, and when I say that, I mean how different attorneys treat you and how different people see you in your, in our profession. Um, I have a couple different stories, but I'll quickly just share, you know, a couple of years ago I was before a judge. So that means I was practicing for over eight, eight years and I was before a judge and another individual, another attorney had made a mistake, but it wasn't anything major. It was, you know, the pleading, the, the binder he had sent to the judge was not done well wasn't well um, compiled. And I remember the judges looking at him like, you know, you young lawyers. Mm. And it was just one of those moments where you can tell he really was looking down at us and thinking we're 
borderline incompetent. And to me, that was such a shame because even if that's how you feel, what a wasted opportunity to mentor somebody. Yeah. So again, there is still growth that is needed. I can't say it was racism because I was the only black person there. The other individual was a white male. Right. But again, it could just be reverse ageism. Mm. And I've been on the receiving side of that multiple times. Granted, if, you know, because I'm black and female, I never know if it's a combined issue. But I have had other attorneys, oh, you young, you young people. Like, no, sir. When I show up, I really show up. I'm not trying to play with you. And I'm generally correct. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how young I am or, you know, whatever you think about me. When I show up, I show up for work. Oh, and I can tell you as a client, she does show up. She She show up up and she does get the bag. Uh, So who would you say have been the three most influential um, people in your life as a part of your journey? So I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to lump in there my mom and my sister. As one? Yes. They're two different people. Yes, I know. I'm cheating. I'm cheating. I'm cheating. So they're my biggest cheerleaders. So yeah, my absolute biggest cheerleader. Um, I remember, you know, when I was going to law school, I hadn't made it yet. And I remember my big sister coming up and she's like, hey, Tanika, here, this is for your books, money for your books. And I was like, man, she's really investing in this degree because I don't even know if I'm going to make it through first semester, right? (laughs) But you really were investing in this degree and you really checked in on me all the way through law school to make sure that I was in a good place to stay in the fight and to deliver in getting the degree done, getting, you know, the, um, passing the bar and of course doing the work. So my mom and my sister are my biggest, biggest, biggest supporters and cheerleaders. I would also say my husband, um, even though he's the newest member in this gang, right. I was like, oh, well, he definitely sees potential. It could just be that he's looking for, you know, his sugar mama. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. No, he loves but, you for who you are. <laughs> but he is definitely, um, he sees me bigger than I see myself sometimes. And he's definitely putting in the work to make sure that I operate on a grand scale. I would also say mentors, other attorneys. Yes. So I will definitely put in, I'm cheating again. I'm lumping two together. I definitely put in Aubin Robinson and Mary Beth. Yes. They're two different types of people. Two different types of attorneys. Oh Lord, two different types of attorneys. However, they really have great knowledge, great insight, and they, they surely push me to be better um, and push me to really make a name for myself in this uh, profession. Yay! So what's, um, as we leave, where can our subscribers find you? Well, um, you can find me on all your social media platform. Peep Law Group is one as well as Law Office of Tanika C. Reed. You can find me there. And again, my phone number is 866-4411-LAW. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tanika, for joining us today. And everyone, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And thank you so much for talking with Clad. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, I am so happy to have you here. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Clads Resources and online at www.cladsresources.com.
Our planner's footsteps to your vision is also located on our website or on Facebook, Instagram, or Amazon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep creating your footpath to your vision.